As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This is the Athletic Hockey Show. Welcome back, everybody. It's another Friday show for the mm-hmm. Athletic Hockey Show. I'm Haley Salvian here with uh, my co-host, Sean Gentilly. What's up? What's going on? We've got a fun show today, I think. I'm excited. It's not the middle of the night this time. Yeah, I feel uh, <laughs> I feel I can speak words today. <laughs> I don't know. You, you screwed up there. <laughs> that was on purpose. Pregnant, that was funny. Pregnant pause. Uh-huh, that sure. was supposed to be funny. That's what they all say. Dramatic effect, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, we, we're not doing that again. Nope, never. And I've got a bone to pick with Corey Pronman and Max Boltman because mm-hmm. we did that because we thought there was a prospect show on the Friday. So we stayed up and did it in the middle of the night when we could have just done it in the morning and, you know, whatever. It's, it's what fine. Come, it's what I've come to expect from the villain Max Boltman. Yeah, that guy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Max is the best. Max yes. went on like a chicken wing road trip. Oh man, he told me about that. <laughs> yeah, and he, I was in Niagara on the lake. This is where my parents live, and Max was in Buffalo on this wing road trip. And he like dropped a pin, and he was like twenty five <laughs> minutes from my parents' house. Like, do you have your passport? Like, we've got, we have turkey. You can have a turkey leg here. He didn't, so we're mad at, we're mad at Max again because he didn't invite me on the turkey. Or the the Wayne Road trip, and he didn't come to Canada, so whatever. It's, it's fine. fine. Anyways, big day, big show. Mm-hmm. Reverse retro day. 
We love it. Uh, big, big drop. Some of them leaked. So we saw like some of these jerseys that were coming out. I know the Preds one leaked and I hated it. And then I hated <sighs> it even more when it became official. It's like creepy and the color is mustard. I don't love it, but we'll table that because we're going to be talking to Dan Neer. He is the global head of hockey for Adidas. Um, so we're going to talk to him later in the show in our second segment about some of the jerseys, some of his favorites, maybe what's coming next. There is a winter classic. We're going to get more Penguins jerseys. Um, So that's going to be fun. We're going to have him. One thing about Dan, so often those interviews when you talk to like people working for brands or people working in marketing, you know, it's contentless, right? They're they're, they're sort of... It's popcorn. It's fluff. It's it's nothing. Mm-hmm. That was not the case with Dan's interview. He he yeah. gave us some great some great info on on uh, stuff he liked on how the process worked on and um, maybe some some uh, some bits on what came on what comes next. I love yeah. that, man. I'm such a, I'm such a nerd. I'm such a nerd for this stuff. I, I could talk about it all day. I love Jersey stuff. Um, I think it's super fun. I think you look anywhere on Twitter and people are talking about reverse retros. And I thought it was great to have Dan come on because like you said, he wasn't just sticking to the notes. Like this wasn't a press release. This wasn't, you know, obviously everything's a big marketing thing. Of course, it's good for Mm -hmm. Adidas to have someone from Adidas on a show talking about Adidas. Um, But he had fun with it. He was fun. It was really good. It was a fun, nice conversation. So I'm excited for people to hear that because – that's going to be in the second segment, and we thought it was pretty great. We're going to jump – I'm going to jump ahead to the preview thing because in the right. third segment, we're going to continue talking about the reverse retros. So that's why we're not talking about it right now. Mm-hmm. So don't turn us off. You can skip ahead if you want, but I wouldn't. You shouldn't. Please don't. Uh, but in our <laughs> – please don't leave us. In the third segment, we're going to do a reverse retro jersey draft. Five rounds. Oh, who's going to have the first overall pick? You can have we'll it. figure that out. No, no, that's too much. I can't. No, I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. It'll take too long. So whatever. We're gonna do a little Jersey draft. Sean and I five rounds, and then our fun, awesome producer Danielle is gonna be the judge. She's gonna pick who had the best draft profile. She's gonna grade us. She's gonna be the Corey Pronman or the Scott Wheeler. <laughs> I'm gonna walk that back because we hate Corey. I'm just they kidding. Hate, we don't oh hate my Corey God. Pronman. We hate Max. We don't hate anybody. That does mean that we're going to do a redraft <laughs> of our jerseys in like six months. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, on the 100th episode, we're going to redraft our reverse retros because I can't make decisions and mine's going to be wildly different than what you mm-hmm. hear today. So anyways, got a lot more to talk about. Um, there was a huge injury drop Yeah. on Wednesday morning. Um, lots of stuff going on there. There's 12 games on tonight, Thursday night. By the time you're hearing this, most of them will be over. But there's some things we can cast cast ahead because there are some big storylines. We're a week into the season and there's a lot to dig into, which is great. And we're out of that period of previewing and we're out of the period of saying, like, here's the one game that was on yesterday. We got some stuff to dig into. First, Aaron Eckblatt on LTIR. Not great. That Florida blue line is tough looking and it was tough looking before Aaron Eckblad got hurt. Um, I think the perfect example of the situation in Florida, the the game that he got injured, they only had five defensemen suited up because they didn't have enough cap space to call somebody up to replace Brandon Montour, who was already on the injured reserve. Obviously, now with Eckblad on LTIR. They called up a couple guys, Matt Kierstad from from the AHL and, and, and somebody else. Forgive me, I don't have his name right in front of me. Uh, but yeah, they played against Philly last night. They won, but the blue line on paper is 
pretty bleak. And it doesn't seem like the reinforcements are coming, you know, outside they of the organization, right? They don't have, they don't have room. It's, uh, <sighs> Paul Maurice is now coaching a team with a decimated defensive group and a kind of high powered, you know, impre- impressive group of forwards. Like we've seen this, we've seen this before. This is Winnipeg and it didn't work out all that well for him. When he had it, when he had a similar roster, yeah. you know, make, make up like this. I don't know what we're going to see here. And also I feel bad for Aaron Eckblad. I do. I know. That dude can't stay healthy. This is like, he's going to miss significant time. Seems like again, one of the gnarliest leg injuries you're going to see a couple years back, whatever happened to him. Like it's just, it's tough to keep track mm-hmm. of, of what's going yeah. on with him. Like he, cause he does, especially now too, this season, you know, it, I guess it'll, it would have remained to to be seen whether he could duplicate what we saw from him and Ekblad for the last couple mm-hmm. of years, or from with Weger, with Weger, yeah, you know, for the last couple of years because Weger's in Calgary, obviously. <laughs> but you felt like the pump was primed for him to get, for him to end up on a ton of Norris ballots. I'm not saying he's going to win it or anything, but his game profiles that way, right? He gets a lot of points. You know, he's. He's on, he's on a he's on a good team. He's splashy. He's noticeable. This dude does fun stuff. It felt like, you know, this was going to be the year where maybe you saw like a fourth place, fifth place Norris finish for him, and he's already behind the eight ball as far as that's concerned. Like who know, who knows when he when he comes back? So it's a bummer. It's a bummer. He's, he seems like he seems like a likable enough dude, and you never like to see three years running with like legit injuries, uh, get, you know, getting submarine like that. Mm-hmm. I think the the concern obviously is is in the past with the two previous injuries, Mackenzie Weger can step in and take mm-hmm. on more opportunity. And last year, um, you know, I, I don't know, I don't think they exactly overlapped, but you know, they got some reinforcements at the deadline. When you're looking at the overall blue line, I know some people don't love Ben Sherratt, but they at least had Ben Sherratt after the deadline last season. Um, so we're looking at a Florida blue line that doesn't have those kind of deadline guys that they bring in. They, we're looking at a Florida blue line that does not have Mackenzie Weger to step up and take on more minutes and, and handle a pair on his own. And, and really, it was when Ekblad got hurt that people really started to realize, like, oh, wow, it's not just Ekblad uplifting Mackenzie Weger. Yeah, Weger is an equal opportunity. Yeah. I think guy. some people steered a little too far the other way who mm-hmm. were like, well, actually, Weger's uplifting Ekblad. That's not true. They were a really good pair, two really good players. Um, but the Florida Panthers, because of that Huberto Weger, Kachuk swap. Uh, they don't have cap space and they don't have a Mackenzie Weger to step up and take on more. They've got Mark Stahl. Sorry, Sean, but they've got Mark Stahl, uh, Radko Gudis, and Gustav Forsling and some American Hockey League guys. Yeah, I think that was kind of the correction we saw last year. That's where people found their water level on Weger and Ekblad, where I think mm-hmm. people sort of came to the consensus that you know, one hand washed the other there, right? It wasn't necessarily this guy, this guy drives the bus or and that guy's a passenger. I think people really got to a point where they're comfortable saying like, these guys are simpatico. You know, there's, there's a, there's a give and take there and they, and, and they work re- and they work really well together and they each can kind of do it on their own, right? It's not like, it's not like one or the other, but man, looking at this, <laughs> I, God bless Matt Kirsted. I had never heard his name until, until, uh, last couple of days. University now, of North Dakota and see the product. I guess I should have known that. I mean, no, it's fine. 
come on. No, I don't my, think so. My, no, no, North Dakota. He went. He went to an NCAA school. That automatically means he's a great player. Like that's no. I think I only know that because Tuesday he played with Tuesday like Jake shtick, Sanderson baby. and stuff. Tuesday shtick. Oh. That's my. That's my job. Yeah, your other show. Top pairing is Kirsted and Gustav Forsling. Who Forsling, by the way, was really good last year. And I, th- yeah. I think you know whatever. God bless him. Second pair, Josh Mahura and Radko Gudis. And then bottom pair, Lucas Carlson and Mark Stahl. Yeah. It's rough. Yeah. Rough, 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 rough. They did beat the Philadelphia Flyers on Wednesday night. Yeah. Which, Break up the Flyers, baby. Yeah. Oh, they were undefeated. It was fun. I feel like, what a nice, pleasant surprise. <laughs> Philly going three and out start the season after we all kind of were like even John Tortorella hates this team. I don't think he actually said that, but what a nice little surprise! I'm would, happy for Charlie would, O'Connor specifically. Torts would never do such a thing. No, and I really wanted to have them way up in power rankings this week. I think by the time <laughs> by the time people are listening to this, it'll have dropped. Um. I, I couldn't get him above 18. I wanted to do it. I wanted like I wanted like top 10 flyers power ranking squad. Didn't Why not? Work out. You guys should do the like way too early overreaction power rankings and have the flyers in the top five or whatever because they are sixth overall in the league right now. Six points tied for first. If you're looking at points, not point percentage because they lost a game, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Just twist the stats. <laughs> that's a to technicality. Twi- dude. <laughs> twist the stats to support your argument. That's that's always Whatever. that's always that's always the move. Do they play I know. Do they play tonight? Are they one of these like eighty five games we have we have we have gone tonight? Uh, no, the hmm. Flyers do not play tonight. But there are mm-hmm. a ton of games. You've got uh, Winnipeg, Vegas. That's going to be a good one. I'm very intrigued. Carolina Edmonton, are the Oilers going to go one and three to start the year? Very curious. No one's ever going to panic. Okay, this is the one. Vancouver, Minnesota. We got a toilet bowl matchup here. (laughs) Vancouver, Minnesota. Uh, One of them, one of those two winless teams are going to get a win. There's only three winless teams. There's only three winless teams in the league right now. San Jose, whatever. They're (laughs) 0-5. It's fine. Uh, Minnesota, Vancouver. uh, Yeah, they they both are winless. The Canucks have one point. So, you know, they're they're ahead of the the Wild in that regard. Because the Wild are just straight 0-3. Vancouver, 0-3-1. Which team are we the most worried about, Sean? That was going to be my question for you. No, you can. (laughs) Okay, fine. It's Vancouver. (laughs) It's Vancouver. And I know I'm saying this at 526 Eastern on Thursday night. So this means that, you know, the Canucks are going to go out and boat race the the wild here. But I'm way, way, way more worried about them. um, You're not worried about Minnesota. Marc-Andre Fleury? I don't think he's going to be quite as bad as he's been. You know this this first handful of games. Like, do I think there's reason to believe that, like, maybe that he's, you know, hit the other side of the hill there, and like the Vesna days are long gone? Like, yeah, that's what happens when you're 38 or 39, like 37, yeah, yeah, 100. How old is he? 86. <laughs> he's much, much, much older than me. Let me tell you. Yeah. Much. Sure. Uh-huh. No, it's 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 still it's still Vancouver. Um. 
I think Shana Goldman did a did a good job of breaking some of this stuff down on the site today. But there's not a lot of stuff going right there right now. It's 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 on ice stuff has been has been rough. The five on five numbers are brutal. Thatcher Demko is early, but he's not the he hasn't been the eraser so far. I think that was like a big trump card they had into the season where you know mm-hmm. like if they need time to find their way, they're going to at least be able to you know fall back on having him around. You know, is is the kind of catch all. Uh, there hasn't hasn't come to pass, and then you just throw in the the coaching situation. Like Bedrill seems frustrated already. The stuff is off there in a way that I'm that I don't that I feel like it's not in Minnesota. Yeah, I think it's the way that they're losing some of these games in the commentary, like especially from the coach. They're mentally weak. They don't know how to win, <laughs> or they they can't get it done. Like it's it's troubling and and we want to obviously preface all this with it is a small sample size we're a week into the season this is the second show we've done since there's been real NHL games on we are aware of that um but they're the first team to lose multiple games after blowing multiple goal leads uh the start of the season like that it's been four times now that the Vancouver Canucks have blown multi-goal leads to lose the game either in regulation or in overtime, and it's not like they're playing against, like, look at Calgary's schedule. The Flames, mm-hmm. and this is the complete opposite end of the spectrum, but the Flames are going up. You look at, you know, it looks like a bit of a, a death march to open the season with a bunch of new faces, uh, different chemistry, what's going on. Chris Tanev just came back from surgery. You've got a new partner for him. You've got a new top line. You've got all these things after mm-hmm. Nazem Kadri's your second-line center, whatever, whatever, uh, and the Flames go against Colorado, Edmonton, Vegas, and they're 3-0. Um, the Canucks aren't playing against Colorado and Vegas and Edmonton in their first three games. You know, it's troubling. Things you, don't look great. All you can do this early in the season, it, it when you're looking at teams that are oh whatever one and th- one three and one or oh and whatever. All you can do is just try to find something to be positive about, right? Like some yeah. sort of some sort of foothold that you can look at with these teams and say like. All right, you know maybe maybe their ex goal numbers are great. Maybe they're they're out there having crappy puck, puck luck. Maybe you know at least the goalie's playing better. You can run down the list, right? Of yeah, it's like know, in Toronto, like, Austin Matthews isn't going to shoot five yeah. percent forever. Yeah, he right. got called out. They lost to Arizona. Whatever. I'm sure we can talk about what's going bad in Toronto, but they're going to be fine. I think we all know that. Uh, to your point, Sean, I don't know if there's a thing that you can point to optimistically with Vancouver right now. And there's also not really like one, there's not like a skeleton key. Here's what's going wrong. Like that, there's, there's nothing positive happening. And there's also not one like super negative thing that you can point to and say like, this is, this is it. This mm-hmm. is the thing to fix. And it's early, whatever. And like I said, I fully expect them to just, you know, beat the brakes off the wild later tonight and invalidate this entire point. But yeah. there had, there, there hasn't there hasn't been a lot. It's just been f- like straight through line garden variety bad across the board, mm-hmm. and that's that's a that's a bad sign. Even after you know four or five games, I think two of the big problems have been, um, you know, they're they're defending off the rush slash the turnovers and the chances allowed off the rush. That has been a major problem. Mm-hmm. Um, they've kind of you know typically when you see a team that's playing with a lead or trying to protect that lead, <laughs> you see them kind of play it safe. Um, I don't know if we've really seen that from the Canucks. They've they've allowed um, a lot of rush chances against well ahead 
um, and a lot of their goals against have been off the rush. So that would indicate, you know, maybe you got to lock down better. Maybe you got to play safer. You've got to tighten things up. We haven't really seen that. And you mentioned the goaltending. That's been an issue. I, I think a lot of people, when they were looking at um, what Canadian teams are going to make the playoffs, I, I thought I was a, maybe a, I was almost embarrassed because I went on like a Sportsnet TV thing and was like, somebody said Vancouver's going to make the playoffs. And I was like, I think, I think I'd rather place my bet with Winnipeg over Vancouver. And I wa- and I came off the the air and was like, was that really stupid? Um, but so far the Jets actually look pretty good and the Canucks haven't looked great. But I thought the reason I was an idiot was because I was like, ah, oh, Thatcher Demko. Like I was pumping the tires of Hellebuck and then I was like, oh, Demko is really good too. But we haven't seen that. Um, you know, yeah, Thatcher no, they, Demko they and um, Spencer Martin have not uh, helped things so far. No, but you've got to think that Demko is going to turn it around eventually. I, you would you would think so, but he's a goalie. Goalies are yeah, weird. Like, like he's he's that... He's not one of those guys. Like, there's five or six goalies league wide who you can say, like, all right, I can. I'm convinced that this that this dude is going to be good year in and year out until he ages out, right? And he's like a half step below those guys. So you see this, and you're like, is this the off season? Is this like, is this the one out of four years that we see from from otherwise really good goaltenders where it's like he's just you write it off as a is a crappy one? I don't know. But this is like it's the it's the dark side of Bruce Boudreaux hockey, and I, and again I picked them to make the playoffs. Like I I was all in. Like okay, this the balance is going to continue. You know, Pedersen's got it figured out. On and on. Like I I I bought it, and there's and there's still time. You know, whatever we'll we'll see in a in a couple months whether whether you know we've been proven right or wrong there. But that's a dark side of Bruce Boudreaux hockey. Like mm-hmm. it's fun to watch, but. It can bleed chances at times, and that's what we're seeing right now. And I, I think one of the other stats to to look at are the things that are is going wrong. Uh, JT Miller has been on the ice oh. for twelve goals against. Quinn Hughes has been on the ice for eleven goals against. Um, JT Miller was one of those guys they bring back and it's like, yep, they're going to be, he's going to be part of the thing that we talked about or people talked about the narrative when we saw the JT Miller contract extension was all right, they're all in now. Like Mm -hmm. you've got to be, you're putting your money down. Like they're all in, they're all in. And you know, it's early again. And JT Miller is a very good player. I thought he, I thought he has had a ton of trade value. I had him on all of my trade lists mm-hmm. and whatever trade bait boards that I was looking at because I thought teams should bring this guy in. So it's well, another one some, you've got to just were think. Some, there were some that were close. Like there was there was stuff yeah. happening at, at, at the draft. For like, sure. Teams wanted to bring this guy mm-hmm. in for a reason. So that's the thing when talking about the Canucks right now in terms of like measuring how worried we should be because like some of these guys that are being problematic are guys that typically aren't so you've got to think it's going to turn around like but they they I mean you need Quinn Hughes to be better this team has been on the ice for 18 goals against in all situations and Quinn Hughes and JT Miller have been on the ice for the majority of them again 12 for JT Miller 11 for Quinn Hughes you need your guys to be better that's the that's the big thing with the with the Canucks right is that you know, we kind of we kind of said it about the about the Panthers earlier. There's no reinforcements coming. There's no easy way no. to there's no easy way to improve this team because this was the worry. Because God knows that Jim Rutherford tried. <laughs> yeah. it, that that group, like they like I'm, 
if if Jim Rutherford is breathing, he's trying to make his team better. Yeah. And and we saw nearly none of it in the offseason. Yeah. So they're locked into this group for better well, or worse. <laughs> and right now it's been worse. Well, what was the preseason question around Vancouver? Everyone knew they had the offense. Mm-hmm. You've got JT Miller and Elias Pettersson. Oh, we saw how good he could be under Bruce Boudreaux and the offense is going to click for him. And we saw the offseason stuff and the preseason stuff. He's a man on a mission. He's going to be better this year, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the question around this team was always going to be their defense core, was it not? Mm-hmm. And, they've, and, and they've, we're and seeing they tried that. to improve it <laughs> yeah. in, in a million different ways, including playing Quinn Hughes on, on the right side. Uh, and it's not happening. They have less. They have less than nine hundred grand in cap space. They have a bunch of dudes on on LTIR already. Like, there's no easy fix here. Like, this is what they've got. And based on the first whatever nine days of games here, not looking great. No. So we'll see. I'm always the one who's the kind of like I feel like we need to exhale. It's still really early, but yeah, yeah there there's some. There's some crap. Shit's bad. Shit, shit yeah. seems bad with them. And Minnesota doesn't look great either, but, and we'll see. I know we kind of lean more into <laughs> no. the Vancouver conversation, but you, you guys had, you know, Joe Smith did the Tuesday show and yeah. um, we'll see what happens. So tonight is going to be a big one. By the time you're listening to the show, everything is going to be irrelevant because JT Miller got a hat trick and Quinn yeah. Hughes had a great defensive play and blah, blah, blah. Mark Thatcher, Andre Fleury, shut out. That's your oh, you know, that, that was the wrong goalie. Sorry. Mark Andre Fleury. <laughs> is he okay? That's your damn There was a mid game trade. Mark Andre Fleury switched teams in the first period, and now he's back. I'm just kidding. Anyways, we'll see. But I think this is the time to take a break. We're going to come back with Dan Neer, the global head of hockey for Adidas. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, this is super exciting. We're going to bring in our guest for today's show. It's uh, Dan Neer. He's the global head of hockey for Adidas. It's a big day. It's the reverse retro day. So we're super happy to bring Dan in to get into some of the designs, talk about the project. So Dan, welcome to the Athletic Hockey Show. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Sean, I know you want to you want to get going. You've got oh, yeah. uh, you've got the hard-hitting question right off the bat. I'm going to throw it to my co-host here. We're coming in hot, Dan. Which one's your favorite? Let's go. Best, <laughs> best job. <laughs> Thanks for the softball. You know I've yeah. with all the fun. It's not it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'll, I'll qualify it. I grew up in Toronto, and I do have, a, uh, believe it or not, with all of this disruptive different stuff, I have a soft spot for, for traditional looks. Having said that, I do believe reverse retro is a chance to do something that um, 
you know, you don't see every day that um, that differentiates you from your your uh, traditions and your your day to day brand. That it is a moment in time. And so I've got a real soft spot for the teams that went way outside the ex, uh, expected direction. So think Tampa mm-hmm. and think Florida as two yeah. that stand out to me as like, hey, I wasn't expecting this. But I'll tell you what, like Pooh Bear in Boston for me is <laughs> just a, another home run. And maybe people aren't shocked by it, but there are just so many different formulas and executions here that that I could say are in my top five. And I I saw Haley tweet earlier today, like, hey, ask me (laughs) in an hour and and I'll have a different uh, set of favorites. And I'm kind of the same way today. And in every conversation I have, somebody brings up a dimension that I'm like, wow, that's creative. That's cool. Like Mm -hmm. uh, if you saw what Tampa did on their social media this afternoon, where they created a video that had throwback 80s vibes to it. They had the guy with the stereo on his shoulder and a Zach Morris (laughs) cell phone, like, (laughs) <laughs> Those types of things yeah. are what this is all about. It's not just about like, hey, here's the jersey they're going to wear on the ice. It's it's celebrating your brand, the heritage, that kind of thing. I was surprised to see how much variance we saw with the original six teams, right? Like, I, I don't think anybody expected to see Montreal wearing wearing Expos blue or or the the wings working stripes in. But it was, is it a challenge working with those teams that have less, you know, less of a jersey history to draw from? Like when you're talking about teams who basically worn, you know, the same similar template for the last however long. For sure. So, um, and I wouldn't call it a, a challenge working with the teams, but it's it's to your point. The history, in many cases, or at least a couple of cases, it's just two colors, right? Mm-hmm. And so you think about what reverse retro is: your colors, your retros remixed. If you haven't had a ton of different logos, if you haven't had a ton of different colors, honestly, Philadelphia is another one that mm-hmm. there, there's only so much you can do because of the consistency. And uh, honestly, reverence around these brands. And so um, it is a little bit challenging. And I think you take the the Canadians as an example where we said, okay, we got to make a decision here. Do we want to live really, really purely with the guardrails of reverse retro as far as what you're allowed to do and what you're not? Or do we want to do something that we think would make people in Montreal go crazy, give the fans something that celebrates the city? sport heritage in Montreal and bring in the lighter blue, it it actually ended up being a pretty easy call on the Adidas end of things. And we had a really like engaged and willing partner with the Habs to say, yeah, we want to do this. And so it takes a little bit of courage um, to do that. And honestly, I, I think that you go through the original six teams, you might like them, you might not like them, but I think everybody did something interesting this time in its own right. Okay. And so uh, everyone thinks of the heritage and the different eras of the sport differently, but they all did something interesting in their own right. And um, sometimes that takes pushing. Sometimes they come to the table and they're further ahead than us, which, uh, which makes these collaborations really interesting. I think that was one of the questions that Sean and I talked about and, and something that we were really interested in when we were bringing you on is, you know, some of that collaborative process, you mentioned Montreal, um, like were, were there some teams who, who, um, you had to convince to do certain things to push that envelope a little bit more? Um, how did some of that collaboration play out? I know, I know there's 32 of them, but were there some that come to mind in particular? So the, um, 
the sequel is interesting because everyone has a little bit of hindsight around, hey, how did this all play out the first time around? And there, um, to some degree, were haves and have-nots the last time around, uh, uh, around who won Reverse mm -hmm. Retro. And when we came back, and by the way, it wasn't optimized in the way that we initially conceived. So if you remember, it was right in the, the heart of the pandemic, right? It was mm -hmm. December, November, December of 2020 when it launched. The teams were only playing within their division. So if you think back to when we had the, the Nordiques look on the Avalanche, the dream was an Avalanche Canadians matchup, right? Where you were going to have an old Nordiques Habs thing and it couldn't ever materialize. And so we had to adapt and, and go with that. I think this time around, you had a lot more teams who I would say were playing to win and, uh, and who came into the discussion realizing that, hey, if I really only want to wear this two times, and uh, and it's received poorly, it probably does very little damage. It might be a moment that people laugh about years down the road, but if we get behind it and do it right, and you know the Flyers bring the Cooper all thing into it, for example, so people cool. could be talking about this forever mm -hmm. and it could inspire what we do as far as accessing young people in our audience in the future. Like, you all know that hockey has a lot of traditions and rigidity around what, you know, what is acceptable and what's not and hockey players posting on social media on game days and all of that. But this is the type of initiative that is designed to say, Hey, we're going to bring some younger people, some more diverse people, you know, the, the diversity in models and the styling and the music that we use to launch this thing. It's not a coincidence. If this is all about growing the game, if you speak in a really, really broad sense. And so back to your question about, are some people hard to work with? I wouldn't say that they're hard to work with. I would just say you have different degrees of engagement and openness to achieve that set of objectives that I just outlined to you. Are there any other, okay, so we, we, we got the fact sheet, we got the photos. We There were certain things though that like you couldn't really tell from looking at the images we got, right? We, we didn't know that Vegas, we, we wouldn't have known that Vegas had glow in the dark elements uh, in, in their jersey if, if we wouldn't have read the fact sheet, right? So I'm glad that I did that. But the Cooperell's thing, that's a great example. That was like a nice little value added this morning, even for us who got sent this stuff, you know, in, in the last few days. Like the Cooperell's thing was was a surprise. Are there any other design elements that are like lurking in the in the background <laughs> that we're going to see whenever they whenever they actually roll these out on the ice for real? You know, it, it depends how deep you've explored the fact sheet and all of that. There, there's nothing that's <laughs> yeah. the magnitude of glow in the dark <laughs> that is going to show up somewhere <laughs> that you didn't see coming. There's been rumors about a piece of equipment for one team that if I'm totally honest with you, I don't know if it will materialize or not. I don't uh, I don't know if, if there's a final call on it, but okay. uh, but I wouldn't count on it. Um, uh, but, I, you know, the rumors and the speculation are kind of what makes this a lot of fun. Like uh, we could have sat there and pouted that there were certain leaks or people were trying to get under the hood real early on this. But we took it as a blessing that people wanted to get in and, and deep dive into the details on this and had such strong opinions on where they think it ought to go. And so uh, uh, I'm hopeful that you'll see it on ice. And actually what you'll find surprising, I'll go back to Minnesota mm -hmm. from Reverse Retro in 2020. You saw the jersey, you liked mm -hmm. the jersey, but then when they hooked it up with those pants that had the stars down the side, it was like, whoa. It was lights out. Yeah, it super cool. That one, that one was great. 
Also, by the way, as, as far as the uh, as far as the potential secret piece of equipment, uh, you can blink once for yes, blink twice for no. Are they black? <laughs> are they blacklight activated activated helmets for the for the Vegas Golden Knights? I won't, I, I won't I won't share your reaction. I just I just need to know for my own. I try not to blink so yeah, I don't. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We're just in a staring contest That's on fine. the on the video here. That's my. That's my guess. Dan is neither confirming nor denying, but I I, yeah. I do want to get it on record on the podcast. I'm some, I'm saying there's gonna be a blacklight helmet. Okay. Um, <sighs> I wanted to talk. Spe- no, 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 I'm not. I wanted to say specifically, ask specifically about Florida because I think they're one of the ones that kind of knocked everyone's socks off a bit. I always see that that was a shoulder patch for the first however many years of their of their existence. You know, the sun with the stick and the in the palm tree. How much of a slam dunk was it? making it making that the primary crest because that's something that I always thought, you know, as a kid forever seeing seeing on their jerseys. I always thought that was underutilized. So I was psyched to see that as a as a big part of their look. So it's a great question. And as if you got a spy in our building because it wasn't a slam dunk and not mm-hmm. a slam dunk because we didn't like the concept. But it it slants a little bit of way from the rules of reverse retro, right? Like um, we didn't take a bunch of shoulder patches and turn them into primary logos. And so this was a topic of great debate and kind of going back to what I was saying before about some of the other decision-making, well, do we think it's what the fans are going to want? Do we think that it's, what's going to make the best Jersey? Do we think it's, what's going to give the Panthers the best chance of winning reverse retro? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's do it. And, um, you know, through the whole process, I hoped that people would like the Panthers, but it's what it's, you know, it's hard to know because you've got local audience and you've got national audiences that are really weighing in on this. And, um, and honestly, my favorite thing about this whole initiative is the Jersey that ranks in your bottom five in the athletics, um, kind of summary, some of those jerseys are in other people's top five. And That's the best part of it, honestly. It, it's it's such a cool dimension of this project that really with, with life, that's inconsistent. Usually people generally can align on good and bad. In, in this case, um, it, it's all over the board, which makes it pretty fun. I think our rankings sum that up, honestly, because the three of us, the three guys who voted on that, we were all over the place with it. There were some people, you know, I had... I had uh, there was huge variance, like even within, you know, just the three of us. I and that and that totally was something I I absolutely wasn't expecting because you do have, you know, there are swings like like the Panthers look right. I'm I'm sure there was some like you said you hope that people like it, but how can you say for sure? And then in the on the other end of things, it's like all right, this is a purple Kings jersey, and 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 we're using the crown. Everybody always like that's a classic for a reason. Everybody always likes it when like Kings. when it comes out, right? So there was like that balance between, you know, sure things, but also some also some gambles. And it seems like the gambles paid off. Yeah, I, I think that they have now how the local fan responds. I would say different teams have a different like um, meter on how they measure this. Like some people want the season ticket holders to like it the most. Other people are like, no, I want to be most talked about nationally. It's a big opportunity for my club and mm. for my brand. Um, and you know, if we're playing in nationally televised games, we're going to wear a reverse retro Jersey. Like everybody kind of has different objectives through this, but to your point, like I just opened, uh, your rankings to see where you rank St. Louis, because right before this, I, I, I got I a really call from like my them. wife. 31, that was my next question. <laughs> 31, I love 22, 20. Well, St. Louis is the one that my wife who 
uh, didn't have any visibility this ahead of time. She's like, I love the blues. And you guys yeah. have it in your 20s and 30s. And it's like, I had it. Okay. So, okay. So, in my defense, I had that one in my 20s and I felt like I was given a short shrift. I was like, this is like, this deserves better than this, but this is just where it lied. And then to see the other guys feel the same way. I was like, this, this is, this is unfair. Like, yeah. that to me, you know, hit the balance because it was something from history. It was something that they saw the ownership group wear whenever they, when, whenever the club, you know, entered the league and they, and you guys made it work in a, in a, in a way for, for 2022. So I, I love that one. I felt, I sincerely felt bad about, about, ha- yeah. about having it. That's, that is the one where I'm like, oh, we, we, we dropped well, the ball. That deserves I better. wasn't on the rankings and I <laughs> loved the blues one. And that was one of the ones for me where I, it wasn't like my top four. I tweeted the four that I loved the most, but I kept going back and I really liked the blues. So I think my question on that one for you, Dan, is, how did that one specifically come together? Like, where did the idea come from to go with a prototype jersey from from way back? If I'm totally honest, I'm not in every single meeting. And <laughs> so to give you like the full breakdown on who said this and who said that, I don't yeah. have it. But uh, right. my re- my recollection of it is is really tied to this notion that the Blues were a team that had to make a decision on you know their call it existing portfolio expected directions they could go with reverse retro or trying to break the mold and do something that might be a little bit more disruptive hey a team i, I know the blues is tied to a blue note but having a gold jersey if you're a team called the blues like <laughs> that is a big step for if you're the head of marketing or you're the general manager or you're the owner of the St. Louis Blues and say like Hey, what do you think about a gold jersey? That's not like an easy decision to make. I know that we can throw that around casually, like, oh, you guys should do this. It would be great. Like, um, they um, they showed some real progressiveness to say, hey, this is going to be fun. Uh, we're going to bring in an identity that people aren't all that familiar with, but has links to our our heritage and lineage. And so uh, that's you know my knowledge of that process. And uh, and again, it's one of those that came out, and I'm like. I didn't know I'd like it as much as I do, but it came out great. So I'm from Pittsburgh. I grew up in the nineties. That Penguins logo is for better or worse. That's like the one of my, of my childhood. Honestly, I, I have a ton of, a ton of fond fondness for it. Um, how did you get, how did you get them to go back to that? Is, is that a, is that a fair question? Cause that, that's a divisive look for, for a lot of different reasons. Is it, is it the new owners? Like what, like what, what happened here? Cause people thought that ship had sailed in terms of seeing that, that logo on a, on a Jersey ever again, really. Yeah. Another thoughtful question. And, and there was a journalist, I'm sure you know of him or know him personally, who uh, was very quick to link it to a, uh, a time for the team that people don't necessarily want to uh, think about and remember. <laughs> and, uh-huh. um, oh, the curse. Yeah. <laughs> don't, I, look, I wrote I wrote like I wrote like a 10,000 word story, like history deep dive into that logo. I love it. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sucker for it. So uh, I, I was not picking on you just for, to be clear. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, it was it was Rob Rossi. You can say his name. It's Sean. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's um, I, we've tried because the Penguins play in all these outdoor games, right? They've, they've probably played more outdoor games than anybody. Mm-hmm. And we have, on many occasions have thought about when would the right time for the Robo Penguin to come back. And um, and so we're well aware of the divisiveness around that logo 
and that there's some people that have really been ultra specific about we don't want to see it back and um you know the penguins they were they were great they've got um a team that we've worked with a lot so we have a trust in one another right the, the more times you've worked on these projects and like maybe think back to the stadiums it was a stadium series game philly and pittsburgh i can't remember what stadium mm-hmm. it was in but they had like the interstate look on the shoulder patches and, and the, or on the sleeves um or the pen turnpike excuse me and that was one that I think that got everybody outside their comfort zone, but by listening to the Adidas designers who like do this for a living, who has seen everything as far as what works, what doesn't, not just in hockey, but in lifestyle and fashion, in NCAA, in other businesses that we're connected to, the Penguins have become really good at saying, okay, I'm going to trust you guys. Mm-hmm. And we came to them with this and it actually wasn't as complex a discussion as you would have thought it everybody kind of was like okay it's time and yeah they had to go through the the approval uh sequences and all of that but the team got behind it and you know and and we were talking recently because we're working we've also had a winter classic jersey coming up with them and um they're uh i I think everybody's nervous when their thing is going to come out but they were super they were like optimistically nervous in that Mm -hmm. no this is going to kill it and you know, I, I got a lot of friends in Pittsburgh from over the years and a guy texted me uh, also not long before this call and he just a snapshot and he said, absolutely gorgeous. And um, and he said, my favorite logo of all time, no joke, is what he said. And, you know, one of the the biggest Pittsburgh Penguins fans I know. And um, and I think that we'll get a lot of that reaction, honestly. That was a white that was the white look, right? That was the white jersey look. They had the black diagonals and then that logo was originally only on the on the white jersey what's the process like to determine whether you know which teams get the get the darker look and which teams get the white is it just is it luck of the draw is that part of the communication process because we did see some some white jerseys mixed in there some some road looks mixed in yeah one of the uh takes come out of the last time is that the more whites we mix in the more matchup games we can have and the matchup games are much cooler for the fans Mm -hmm. when you're thinking about uh, it being disruptive and it being getting national attention and all of that. And so uh, as a general comment, we wanted to integrate more white where it fit, but there was no like, Hey, there needs to be this many, or these are the teams that need to be white. Um, everyone we go through it. And honestly, we would, if we, if we said we were going to do robo penguin with the penguins, we probably would have shown them light and dark options that had um you know different ways to move things around that like i don't know you've seen the flames um Mm -hmm. at least blasty Mm -hmm. last year had a lot of uh similarities to the actual blasty they wore it's not like the body color changed it was black versus the og black so um the the color is more of a hey let's let's come up with the formula that we think is differentiated enough where possible and is is going to make the biggest impact. Um, some people might have said, "Hey, if I'm white, maybe I can wear it more um, mm-hmm. on the road and that kind of thing." But it wasn't uh, an ultra scientific approach. I wanted to maybe go back to the the Pittsburgh conversation because you do have the Winter Classic jerseys that are are going to come for that series. Are the Penguins one of the ones because you keep having to dip back into the well in that sense because they have the winter classic and they've got the reverse retros and they brought back the, the gin and juice jerseys at one point too. Is Pittsburgh one of the ones where you're like, 
it's it's fun to dip back in because you have a lot of that source material to get into. Like it doesn't seem like you're kind of running out of runway when it comes to good jerseys about the Pittsburgh Penguins. I would like to just say I love the little penguin with the scarf. It's my favorite. It's my favorite logo. I had uh, one of those jerseys. I bought one in that winter classic year. So that's just well, my that's my two cents. I the love penguin this scarf, the scarf penguin. Is the scarfed <laughs> penguin always comes up in all the discussions. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. The something about their lineage, their history, there's, there's a lot to work with, right? They had the blues, they had the light blue, they had the navy blue, they've got the black and gold. There's the city color of black and gold, of course, where you can start to stretch and experiment. You've got the Pittsburgh stair step, um, you know, back to gin and juice. And, mm-hmm. um, and the amazing thing is, because I've seen it, uh, we're not prepared to talk about it, is yeah. what you're going to see for Winter Classic is again something that doesn't look like something we've done before. It, it's new. It's energetic. It's like it, it's it, it's going to get people excited, and you know, as people are buying their Christmas gifts and so on and so forth with Penguins jerseys, people are going to have a hard decision to make: Do I get Reverse Retro? Do I get uh, Winter Classic? Because both jerseys are really strong. That's awesome. Uh, we just have a couple more for you, Dan, because I, I feel like Sean and I, we he did the story on it. I've been looking at these all day. Is there a jersey from a specific team that we haven't brought up that was something that was either fun to work with, something that's really stood out? I think a couple that come to mind, Colorado was cool. I really liked the colorways of New Jersey. Um, I'm trying to think if there was others. I mean, I love the Kings jersey. I, I think the Kings, the back-to-back, I, I love the purple. It, it looks awesome. The Kings have been back-to-back, two of my favorites. Buffalo, super cool. Um, is there one that comes to mind for you that we haven't gotten into? Uh, I'll give you a couple uh, and not necessarily get into any like high level of detail, but with a couple bullet points because you just, you just nailed a couple of them. So New Jersey... I call out because of very specific heritage, right? They just had a third Jersey for the first time last season with the Jersey Jersey. Um, (laughs) And um, and the idea that they said, okay, we're going to go back and do some Rockies colors um, and honor that part of the heritage. I'm not supposed to say honor. Sorry about that, Sean. Um, That was Mark Lazarus who wrote that, by the way, that was not me. I told, I I, I told, I told a, I told Matt to let you know that that's that that's who it was. All right, <laughs> <Not> all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, so so I, I think that the Jersey one is is worth talking about. You mentioned L.A. I don't think we talked about Johnny Canuck, but um, right you know, from a Canadian perspective, uh, while Montreal, of course, has the that color change. What what Vancouver did, I think, is is a really interesting take, and they're another team that has pretty deep uniform history as far as what was available to us. And so if, if you could come into the room and see the design suite of the different things that we ideated for Vancouver, like we had a lot to choose from. And so that was a fun collaboration. And then Washington is another one that stands out for me because even though, um, you know, I think that there are aspects of it that are very familiar I, I think the way that the eras are meshed together, real pure reverse retro. And as much as the teases were cool, seeing the goalie equipment out at practice a few days ago, and you starting to put the pieces of, wow, how will this look when it's all put together? Like 
it's, it's going to be good. So th those are probably the ones I would add on to. I pulled an image up to see if I'm missing anything. I could probably <laughs> say something about them all, uh, you know, San Jose, like you can't, you can't, miss, you can't miss the golden seals reference. Nope. And there's always been like nope. these individual nuanced golden seals throwback product, but there's never been an on ice play that I'm aware of. So um, there's, there's a lot of really cool stuff and, uh, and some, some good runway ahead for this. I think when they start wearing on the ice, I'm excited to see the goalies and like the full gear of everything. Um, I thought the blasty was awesome last time. And then you saw like Markstrom in the full blasty gear, the pads were unreal. Like, so I I'm excited to see what some of these look like once they're all put together. Um, yeah. That's funny. Blasty and Markstrom stand out to me too. From the yeah, goalie so set up cool. last time it was unbelievable. Yeah, the pads were were awesome. It was it was really great. And he always has a cool mask and stuff too. So Markstrom just <laughs> looked great uh, head to toe last time we had these. I, I guess, you know, just to zoom out from some of the individual jerseys we've been talking about. I mean, what comes next with you guys? Like what is the kind of next alternate jersey program you guys are looking at? Do you kind of go back into the reverse retros? Is there different stuff you guys want to play with? Um, what what comes next in terms of of these jerseys and, and stuff like that? You know that I'm not going to tell you anything about that. <laughs> it, was uh, it, was, it was a valiant uh, effort. I, I, said it, I, said I asked it. it so confidently. It was just so normal. It was a natural follow-up question. Look, the, um, the speculation that goes around all these things is a huge blessing like um but there are people i would almost characterize as professionals that are out there right now trying to spoil the direction in the news <laughs> mm -hmm. and um and, and it comes with a negative connotation because what they're doing is often adding a lot of energy to the program but if i gave you anything uh <laughs> that uh, that wouldn't help our cause at all uh, what i would say yeah. what i would say is we, we've we continue to have some interesting stuff in the hopper um you know you can imagine third jerseys always an important part of what we do um, we've got that going. We've got event games and, and other, um, you know, interesting things. We've got EA sports collaborations, um, and doing really cool stuff with the digital game, which we've done over the years. And so, um, it's not just one thing. Um, and, uh, and we're still innovating and still try, still trying to make hockey just a little bit cooler and, and, and bring some Adidas to the sport. That's awesome. I love it. I, I think there's so many fun ones. Uh, we really appreciate you digging into some of them and, and taking the time to chat with us about the reverse retros. Nice seeing you both. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. 
I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Welcome back. That was great. Um, we talked about it off the top of the show, but it was really nice to have Dan on. That was fun. That wasn't, um, you know, reading off a press release. And he reminded me of all the jerseys I like. So that's why we're going to do this. We're going to do a little draft. Five rounds. Sean mm-hmm. versus Haley. That's me. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did rock, paper, scissors before we started. Um, we did a couple rounds. Sean got the first overall pick. Third time, is, third time was the charm on that. That was it's way yeah. more difficult to do over Zoom than I was. Than yeah, I, I don't know if there was a leg on Zoom or Sean was cheating and like putting his. Uh, it's a cultural difference, I would say. Uh, down can, after can, he can, saw versus America. I was saying rock, paper, scissors, and you're going one, two, three, shoot. Or it rock, was, paper, scissors, shoot. Either either yeah. way, there's a shoot at the end of it. You don't just yeah. throw on the last on scissor. Incorrect. Whatever. All right. You've got Sean's got the first overall pick. Um, are we going for like overall, like what, like we're going our favorite jerseys here, or are we trying to pick like? Yes. No, we're trying to pick jerseys <laughs> we don't like. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, no, are I you don't. trying to get fan favor? Like, here's the jerseys that I think everyone else thinks are the You're best. You're trying to get my personally. favor. Yes, that's true. That's right. Because uh, Danielle <laughs> is going to judge this. Um, and we'll uh-huh. throw it out on social media and you can tell us who's better. It's probably going to be mine. And this isn't, um, okay, and, and I would like to say, this isn't necessarily just going to follow my personal rankings that are up on the site because my, uh, I did that, I did those quickly. Things change. Yeah. He is going to try to pick what I like. It's not, may or may not be true. Okay. <laughs> okay. First, first overall pick. pick, Sean, go. Okay, first pick, I'm going to go with, I am going to go with the one that I had as my number one on the site because I wanted to talk about it with Dan and we, we didn't get a chance, but he alluded to it. Vancouver first overall pick. I love the, I love the Johnny Canuck logo. I love the colorway. Striping's really good. It's classic. And they somehow made that, which is crazy because we see, we <laughs> saw this years ago, whenever the Reebok edge template kind of came out, a lot of teams had the, had the upper, had the upper chest numbers and it looked like shit for the most part. <laughs> and I don't, but Vancouver made it work. Uh, and I think, I, I think that's kind of what it's all about is taking odd elements and uh, making them work for you. So number one, first overall pick Vancouver. Okay. Uh, I didn't think that's where you were going. So now I'm a little, 
I thought I was going to have to take the the pick of the loot after. Um, I'm going LA Kings. I love it. I love the purple. Um, I loved their last reverse retro. So I'm going Kings with my first overall. I guess my second second pick first round selection. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. That is an effort to curry favor with Danielle, I believe, because we know we know that she's that she's based in Southern California. You mistakenly, hmm. mistakenly, in my opinion, assumed that she was a Kings fan. And guess what? Don't she, you do this second overall? What? You didn't she even ain't. like this jersey. She doesn't. She had this bullshit. I, I did. I, I had them. I had them high. Ducks. Don't you pick the ducks? Oh, ducks. No. I thought I'd have some time. Well, you thought wrong. Duck should be that should be their that should be their day to day look outside of the orange, which I I am completely over. I also agree with you, Sean, that they should (laughs) ditch the web foot. Just go with this. The web foot's bad. dude, I think the web foot is the worst logo in in the sport, honestly. I'm so I'm so over it. I know that I know they want a cup with that look, so it's got some it's got some cachet with the fan base, but get the hell out of here. I'm done. Bring back bring back the Disney duck. Bring back uh, eggplant and teal. I'm over this shit. So that's as close as we're gonna get to like a classic ducks jersey. That's but that's that's mine. Whatever. I'm upset now. Um, I have, uh, my second pick. This is hard. <laughs> mm, Florida. All right, that's good. I like it. It's different. I love that color blue. It's my favorite shade of blue. I think it's different. I think it's fun. I think part of why I like the Kings and the Panthers jersey so much. And I think you guys hit on this in the in the intro. It was like, they're just cool. Like, mm-hmm. that's the kind of fun thing about hockey jerseys that you don't really get with NFL jerseys or, you know, the baseball button-ups. Like, some hockey jerseys are just cool. They look good to wear. We saw it. We, Snoop Dogg wears them. Mm-hmm. Rihanna wears hockey jerseys. Hockey jerseys are cool. Listen to Rihanna. So those ones are just kind of fun and different. I appreciate the the big swing that the Florida Panthers try to make, too. Totally. That, I was surprised that was the only one of the three voters on, on our little panel that didn't have that number one. I, and I, I loved it. I had him top five, I believe. But you know, that, was a, that was a fan okay. favorite. All right. What do you got next? Number three. Pittsburgh. Um, Homer. I, yeah, I, yeah, sure. But I can't. I mean, I'm, I was born in 1986. Like, I don't really remember. <laughs> those are like the jerseys I remember them that I like phased into what, like, while they were wearing. Right. I don't really remember right. the original skating penguin all that well. Um, I love this game. So there's major, so there's major, major nostalgia factor there. Like, yes. Uh, and it doesn't need to be anything more than that. Black and gold city colors. Like it's a no brainer for me personally. Uh, put it on the board. I think I'm winning. <laughs> Whatever. <clears throat> um, okay. So Sean Pittsburgh, uh, I've got Buffalo Sabres third overall. Yeah. Uh, love that jersey. I think it rules. It's super clean. It's super fun. Big fan of. It's the- kind of like it's kind of like this year's version of the Wild last year, where mm-hmm. they had the they had the white um, North Star color template with the, yeah. with the Wild logo. I like it a lot. Similar similar vibes in Buffalo, where they got the they got the Buffalo head logo with the uh, with the royal yeah. blue and in, in, in yellow in yellow scheme. Yeah, we got two more I, rounds. We oh, need sorry. more. We need more white jerseys. I, I, that's sort of They're what I was trying. I, I was trying to get. I was trying to get at that with Dan, but didn't. But yeah. didn't want to just you know get totally off track. We need more white jerseys. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Two more rounds left. What do you got? Fourth round, Sean. 
Montreal. I love the oh, baby blue. You asshole. I, I, that's like that's prime. That's prime stuff. Uh, I don't automatically kowtow to original six teams. I don't really give a shit about them. But I, I think that as a as a as a departure from their from their general look, as kind of like a throwback to Expo stuff. No brainer. Loved it. Also love that much more than some of the other guys on on the again on the on the athletic rankings. I was yeah, kind of, last I was had kind of on twentieth. What Lazarus is his problem? It. I don't know. Who knows? He's got a lot of them. He <laughs> <laughs> he was so annoying. Like reading this, he uh, was so picky and choosy on yeah. when like a I team could like I, do only a little bit, and he was just like whatever. Too much, like, not enough. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Like midway through, this is what I'm saying when I say he has a lot of problems. Like mid- <laughs> midway through, he realized that he was just being a total hypocrite. Like incomprehensible yeah. internal logic with how he's making these picks. And also, we found out while we were doing this well, while we were writing that that post, uh the last might be colorblind cuz he thought that the Rangers <laughs> he thought that the Rangers logo was baby blue and I was like, "Well, I don't think so, dude. What's what's happening here?" It's like um new girls like Winston, if you think that's brown, what color do you think you are? <laughs> Anyways, there's a really great episode of New Girl and Winston finds it. out he's colorblind and Don't explain it. <laughs> I love that show. I will talk about it anytime I get. Okay. This is where, see, we were originally going to do this with Danielle. Like she was going to have her own draft. And this is, I think it would have been tough if we had to do like 15 jerseys really liked because it starts to get a bit mushy. Um, I think I've used some of like all my favorite, favorite ones are gone. So this is going to, there's still some good ones here though. Um, okay. I think I'm going to go with, the New Jersey Devils. I really I like it. One, I love the colors, man. It looks great. Again, like I like the white jersey. I love the pop of color. Um, Lazarus, tough to top the Christmas colors look from last time. What the heck? Um, I really like it. I think it looks cool. Um, I think That's it's another- one of the ones that you like look at. Um, and like appreciate the history of it. Um, I know you wrote this, but you kind of look at it. And I had the re- initial reaction too of like, is this just a different colored jersey? Mm-hmm. Um, and and it was, you know, this is a throwback to the Colorado Rockies from when the team relocated to Jersey in 82. I think it's thoughtful. Um, there's not a ton of other Devils looks to kind of pull from, as you mentioned. This is way better than the Jersey jersey. I actually kind of like the Jersey jersey, to be honest. It's grown it on funny. me because it's kind it of funny. fun. Yeah. I love the Jersey jersey. Um, but this one's cool. I love the colors and I love the little throw throwback to Colorado. I think it's fun and, and looks cool. When they started selling hats that said hat on them, those that, that was when I knew they'd they'd stumbled onto stumbled yeah. onto something brilliant. Yeah, but also, yeah, I, they don't have just to stick on Jersey for a second. They don't have that many options, no. right? Like they basically, that's one of the, the ones with the well the where jump. you're like, Ooh, I don't, I don't know how many more reverse retro jerseys they could throw together. But if that one, that one works, I was going to pick that one <laughs> with my final selection. I feel like I know um, where you're going with this. I'm going to go Colorado. I had, them I, rank, I had them rank really high. I was, I was going to, I was maybe going to move on from them. Um, similar, obviously similar scheme, similar scheme to Jersey. They had the Colorado Rockies look where it's, it's red and red and yellow and, and blue, which is just, that just works for me for some reason, just aesthetically, just on a, Mm -hmm. on a sports Jersey always looks good. And, uh, it's the Colorado state flag. I love just, I love incorporating other design elements like that. And just kind of generally, I think a lot of, a lot of state flags are really cool. It's like, I, I, I think that's kind of an untapped 
you know, area for, for, uh, for inspiration for stuff like this. So Colorado with my fifth pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw somebody said it kind of looked like an egg and now I'm a little upset because I can't unsee that. Oh man. Why'd you tell me that? <laughs> you got the egg jersey. <laughs> um, okay. This is where I'm actually going to like tell people what my thought process is here because you don't have another pick. I am stuck. I'm torn between Washington, the Rangers, the Wild and the Jets. The Jets is that sneaky, like, oh, you stole my Montreal jersey and I really want another baby blue here. I actually really like the Jets jersey. That's another one where you look at the nostalgia factor mm-hmm. in Winnipeg and, and I really like it. Um, the Wild is a tough one. That's one of those ones where you can contradict yourself and be like, oh, the Leafs, like you just threw a white patch on the shoulder. What the hell? Uh, Minnesota just made an away version of the reverse retro from last year, but it's clean and it looks super cool. Um, and I love the Washington logo. So I'm having a hard time with this. Can you give me like a 10 second countdown in the first name? I <laughs> yell is the one I go. 10 seconds. Jesus Christ. Five seconds. Five seconds. 100. Give me five, five seconds. Four, three, two, one. Uh, Rangers. I like it. Ah. That's a classic one. I also like not it. baby blue again to, <laughs> to reiterate what Lad said. In, in their also not baby blue. What did you think, though? I like the Washington one and the Jets one grew on me. Washington is a jersey that I did not like when that team was wearing it initially. But for whatever reason, I think it's probably because they kind of leaned into the black on this one. I was, I was like, OK, this looks this looks this looks tight. Winnipeg's Winnipeg's whatever. I, I, I don't care about that one. Yeah. Um, all right. So here's the quick recap. Sean, he is Vancouver, Anaheim, Pittsburgh, Montreal, Colorado. Haley, me, Kings. Panthers, Sabres, Devils, Rangers. We'll post these on social media. You guys can let us know in the comments too who wins, but producer Danielle. Okay. What do you think? All right. So a couple thoughts. So (laughs) we've talked about, you know, I'm in LA. I actually like the Kings reverse retro better than the Ducks reverse retro. (laughs) Only because like, you know, with the striping and stuff like that, like we've seen it before. Like it's very similar to the Ducks third the, jersey and also yeah. like I think the 25th anniversary they did a few years ago is the better version of with the stripe the diagonal stripes yes, and I agree with that right That's they like, could have done a little bit more than just slapping the the right, duck on a white jersey right. God, like this is tough because all of these jerseys I liked a lot um Florida again I, I liked a lot of the teams that did something more out of the box and like using that shoulder element as this like isn't going, this isn't going well for me. <laughs> just just put, put me out of my misery here. I, but, uh, Say it's, it, it's Danielle. Close. Say no, it. Honestly, it's close. <laughs> but like the, uh, you're both groups all together, like as like if I'm looking at these like as like all together. The top ten. Yeah. Uh I think Sean actually gets <gasps> the narrow win. What? Oh. But you liked my top two better. Explain yourself. <laughs> I'm just like I'm just saying, like, like looking at like the the grouping of like with Montreal with the the Expos colors and the Rockies and the like the I don't know like this it's it's so hard. I got but, the Rockies one. No, no, I'm outside. That's why I meant Colorado with like the the flag. Whatever. Um, I'm gonna take this to social media. Yeah, take it to social because honestly, it's <laughs> it's very very close. I think. Like, but like I the think. Robo, I love the Robo Penguin like that. Yeah. You know, like I think all decisions. I think all decisions made on this call are final. 
possibly <laughs> legally binding if it comes to it. So congratulations yeah. to me. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm sure everyone's going to yell at me because they're going to think I'm, I was going to go with Haley too. But that was really mean, Danielle. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I think it was, you whatever. know what, Danielle? I think it was really nice. <laughs> um, yeah. I thought that was fun, though. I like the draft. That was great. You want to you wanna, you wanna jump through a couple couple reader questions here? Couple Did we get some? Questions? Yeah, we got a bunch. Okay, let's do it. We'll finish up here, and then we'll leave, we'll leave you guys alone for the rest of the day. <laughs> Bob M. says, I refuse to leave a question and give the show content until Sean admits he was the voice of the Minutes from the Mall kid from the Century 3 Chevrolet ads. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> We're all acutely aware of his voice impression prowess, which is true. So to think he was a child Minutes voice actor isn't, isn't a stretch. Bob M., I'm assuming this is Bob McKenzie. <laughs> yeah. You are correct. You are, you, are, you are correct. That was me. It is from the mall. <laughs> what hot, this is This is from Aoife, who's, who's a beloved commenter on Tuesdays. What hockey storyline situation are you most invested in this season? Hmm. First thought, best thought. Which one, which one are, like, what are you, what do you have the most, most tied up in? I feel like I've said this before, um, but I'm super curious on how the East is going to shake out. I think there's a lot of teams with a lot of question marks, um, like risers, fallers, who are going to be, you know, I think going into the season, I was curious, like, are the Bruins going to stay afloat? Can they handle the injuries? What are they going to look like? They've looked pretty good. David Pasternak looks awesome. Uh, welcome back, David Krejci. You know, Patrice Bergeron is, you know, whatever aging doesn't look like mm -hmm. he's lost a step. So um, I'm curious about, you know, now that Boston looks good, how is that going to shake up things? Is it going to be the same in the East again? Um, are the Senators going to pop in? Uh, mm -hmm. Are the Devils going to be bad again? Can they turn it around? Um, what about Pittsburgh? What about Washington? I think there's a lot to chew on in the Eastern Conference that I'm really excited for. Um, Carolina, is this the year for them? I know it's a pretty broad one, but I'm really, I've got my eyes really on, on the Eastern Conference because I think the West, um, I think it's it's going to be the same big three at the top. Um, Calgary, Edmonton, Colorado, uh, St. Louis is typically pretty good. Um, Vegas is probably going to come back. So I'm, I'm super interested in the Eastern Conference. What about you, Sean? The way the question is phrased is like, what do I have the most invested in? And the answer is always the performance of NHL players who grew up and or were trained in Southwestern PA. So I'm always watching I'm always watching John Gibson. I'm really hoping so you're he comes back. You're always, upset with JT Miller. JT is just a victim of circumstance here. I'm I'm sure I'm sure he'll write the ship. Guys like him, Brandon Sod, Logan sure. Cooley, whenever he Whenever he pops up, I'm, I'm I'm always 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 tracking those guys intently. So personally, that's what they have. That's what I have the most invested in. Okay. One more. Ariel says, when interviewing for people for stories, how do you balance asking significant and possible controversial questions with the possibility that the consequences of doing so may result in limited access to those people moving forward? Haley, you, you're like better at this than anybody. Honestly, is <laughs> finding a way to mm, you know ask tough you. questions without without uh, getting people all, the, all that. Angry at you to the point where they're like, get the hell out of here. It's a tough that's, balance to strike. You're good at it. That's nice. Thank you. I think the the important thing with that is the timing and the context around the difficult questions. I think the the worst part of the whole difficult question thing is they're just coming out of left field and you're just being like abrasive for the for the <laughs> just to be abrasive, you know? Like I think asking a difficult question 
when a team is having a difficult time or something is is happening, it's it's fair. It's our job. I think showing up and just asking um, things to be negative for the the sake of negativity is when you start to to run into problems. Honestly, um, I think being fair um, and and critical for a reason. I think people understand that. Like you honestly think I wrote a thing about the Leafs the other day because Sheldon Keefe said the mm-hmm. thing about the elite players didn't get it done. They lost to Arizona. Like people are losing their minds about Sheldon Keefe doing this. And it's like, what are we, what do you mean? They lost to the Coyotes. Austin Matthews had one goal this season so far. I mean, his big guns were playing 25, 26, 24 minutes and they Mm -hmm. lost to the Mm -hmm. worst team in the league. Like I'm not being negative just to be an asshole. (laughs) You can be critical. Sometimes you have to be it when it makes sense to be. Um, I think in terms of a podcast, it can be a little bit different, um, because you like you're supposed I think it, it's different for what you're doing it for like being critical and talking to people in the room um, is different than having somebody on you know there are things sure we could have asked Jack Campbell a bunch of things about what went wrong in Toronto and you know can you be a number one goalie like <laughs> are you bad um, but, you know <laughs> we're trying to have a podcast that people want to listen to and people want to tune into and if it's awkward and uncomfortable and the guests don't want to be there and we're being rude or or asking questions out of left field like it's just weird so I think it depends on on the context and in the in the medium etc I think I just think that everyone understands for the most part that media have a job to do you think Daryl Sutter's going to be pissed off if I ask him you know, maybe what went wrong in a game? No, you think they? You think they are not talking about that too? I think that's always the difficult part. Is is people sometimes can shy away from asking the tough questions because oh, they don't want to be. I don't know. They don't want the guys in the room to hate them. But you think that they're happy think with that's things? Something, yeah, that, that's also not something. <laughs> and that's that, not something we should give a shit about. We, can, we, we should give a shit about the no. issue. Uh, honestly, pivoting towards it's not like, my doing job more, to be their no, friend. No, no. Pivoting more towards doing like podcast interviews has been a challenge because you are you really are you're trying to keep these keep these folks whether it's Dan Near or Jack Campbell or Bill Zito or Bill Daly yeah. or trying to we keep didn't these go people. at Dan Near and be mm-hmm. like uh, why was the Jersey Jersey so stupid even yeah, though I love like, the Jersey Jersey yeah <laughs> what 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 were you doing with the Columbus yeah. like like yeah. why did that There's happen a balance to strike of building relationships for the long term. Um, and you just really got to pick your battles, I guess. But and that's just, then that's <laughs> the stuff that we're talking about on like the day-to-day operations yeah. and like Jersey stuff. Obviously when you're looking at like really important things about some of the stuff that Katie Strang does, oh my God, yeah, um, some of these no. investigations, throw all that shit out the window. Like you're totally, not building relationships totally. when no. you're trying to find out what went wrong with um, a sexual assault or different investigative pieces. So yeah, just keep that just, in real, mind too. just just keep in mind who you're talking to, and that that goes both ways. I think where it's like, are we going to ask Dan like Dan Near, you know, tough questions about being involved with hockey culture and like what? Like no, like no, he's 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 we're asking him questions for his area of expertise that are going to give, you know. Um, uh, interesting answers for the people who are listening to, who are listening to the show, yeah. and and a, a lot a lot of times that's just not like you're 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 not you're not going to get that. I think the other part in podcast too is you need to be careful about um, like the context in which you're bringing somebody on. Like you mm-hmm. know, if you send them a note and say, "Hey, we want to talk about the jerseys," and then you start asking them about Hockey Canada, like you don't want to. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't want to just dupe people. So, anyways. Uh-huh. 
That's a good question. I mean, it is, a good, nice it, it is a good question, and I picked it specifically, like I said, because I felt like you were going to be able to tie that back to the Maple Leafs thing. Is that and, and <laughs> that could be our, our obligatory Maple Leafs Maple Leafs yeah. content for for this week? Yeah, good, that whole this, thing's weird. I don't yeah, like it. Whatever. Who cares? This was a good show. Yeah, these good. were good. These were good questions. Thank you, folks, for leaving. Thanks, them. There everyone. Were, there were ten or twelve really good ones there. Keep keep doing it. Yeah. We won't structure an entire segment around it, maybe, because that's just stupid, lazy stuff that me and Craig do. But man, feel, <laughs> feel free to drop in good ones because those, those are always fun to see. Depends on the week. But yeah, thank you, everyone. Thanks for the questions. Make sure you um, click your heels and answer the riddles three. There we Send go. Send us some more. Uh, it's perfect. So that was a great show. I clearly won the draft. We're going to post it on social media. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Thank you, week. <laughs> just kidding. I'll do that properly. But I'm not leaving Sean any room to argue. So... Thanks, guys. Uh, if you're not a subscriber, always a reminder at the end of our show, join us at theathletic.com slash hockey show to get an annual subscription for $1 a month for the next six months. Thank you to Dan Neer for joining us. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next Friday. 